in the sky is a bright canary yellow. I forget every cloud I've ever seen. So they call me a cockeyed optimist, immature and incurably green. Well, I have heard people rant and rave and bellow that we're done and we might as well be dead. But I'm only a cockeyed optimist, and I can't get that into my head. I hear the human race is falling on its face and hasn't very far to go. But every whippoorwill is selling me a bill and telling me it just ain't so. Just a bowl of jello and appear intelligent and smart. But I'm stuck like a dope with a thing called hope, and I can't get that out of my heart. Not this heart. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's so good to see you. Welcome to our Sunday morning service. Uh, my name is Nancy Merritt, and I am proud and honored to serve on your board of trustees. And I know it says Michael Showalter. <laughs> it's in the bulletin doing announcements. Um, that's my goof up. But here I am. Hi, Michael. Thank you for letting me do this. Um, you can watch our, our services anytime on demand or on our website or on YouTube. And now we're having our Sunday morning services every Sunday at 10 o'clock. Today at Unity Minneapolis, you can join David Lynn for communal drum service, drum circle, excuse me, in the sanctuary and check out our new floor labyrinth in the Fillmore room after the service this morning. And don't miss an important opportunity to meet on Sunday, June 11th at 11.30 following the service. The Board of Trustees will share the latest news about our upcoming building renovation so you can get all the information that you need on progress there, please participate in person 
or via live stream and live chat on our website, and childcare will be provided. Unity Minneapolis will also host a booth at the Golden Valley Pride Festival on Saturday, January 10th. We're seeking volunteers to help set up and staff our booth in Brookview Park, so sign up on the website or in the garden court. Our May outreach project is collecting new children's books for the students at Noble Elementary. Help us fill the bookshelf in the garden court or make a financial donation support to the book drive. Book suggestion lists are on the website and in the garden court. And speaking of books, our used book sale will return in June, and we're seeking books and volunteers and shoppers. So sign up in the garden court to volunteer or contact the church office about donating books. Details for these and all our upcoming events and activities are in your bulletin and on the church website, on our Facebook page, or weekly e-newsletter. So you can check the, your email or call the church office as well. And now I'm going to co-opt the uh, um, announcements for just a moment for a special moment as a congregation. The flowers that you see today are in honor of a, of a very special person that we all know and love. They are in honor of Reverend Pat. And on this day, 17 years ago, this exact day, he said yes to joining us as his senior minister. And I don't know about you, but I was thinking about anniversaries, and I thought, you know, we always talk about the passage of time. And to me, it's less about time going by as opposed to what a difference that time has made and the lives that have been impacted. And seeing someone who's followed their inner guidance and their spirit and what a difference that makes. I know it's made a personal difference in my life from crossing paths that I wouldn't have experienced had I not crossed paths with him. And I am forever grateful. So my wish for you today is that you hear a lot of those stories about, about people passing into your life and how they've been affected by that. So come on up here, Reverend Pat. And I want to do another round of applause and just gratitude. <laughs> wow. The passage of time. Sometimes it seems like I just got here yesterday, and sometimes it feels like I've been here 100 years, you know? <laughs> but I'm so grateful. As I look out here, I know many of you, and I've been blessed to walk many journeys with you. Some of you I've married, not personally, but are officiated. <laughs> And I could not have been here for 17 years without your support, the volunteers, the staff, the, it's not a one-man thing, the staff, the board, and especially my spouse, Eddie. Eddie has really, truly given me a tremendous amount of support. I've also said I've been truly blessed to have two spouses, Eddie, my spouse at home, and Connie, my spouse at church. <laughs> Let me assure you there's a huge difference, okay? Join me in our opening prayer. Sweet Holy Spirit within, we are grateful today to celebrate 
to celebrate our lives and to celebrate the milestones in our lives with each other. We're grateful that we surrender each and every day, each and every day to that spirit within and allow that spirit within to guide and to direct us. We open our hearts, we open our minds, and we are more willing than ever to follow that divine guidance. So we give thanks for this beautiful spiritual community and the difference that it's making in the world, the difference that it's making in the world and making in our world. And so we say, thank you, God. Together, thank you, God. And again, thank you, God. And yet again, thank you, God. Let's appreciate this day, okay? I'm going to invite you to stand for our opening song if you're able to do so. Let's stand for our opening song. Yes, I am here to love. Yes, I am here to serve. Yes, I am here to be the love of God. Yes, I am here to love. Yes, I am here to serve. Yes, I am here to be. Thank you, and please be seated. You know, one of our core values here is that of welcoming, my dear friends. So truly, we pray and hope that you feel welcomed. And today, we give you that, that gift of acceptance wherever you are in your spiritual journey. 
as I said, that core value is welcoming. And so I'm going to invite you as if you are new to us or you feel like you're new. And as I mingled among the crowd before the service, I met so many of you that were returning that had been gone for a while. So we want to acknowledge that as well. So if you're new or you feel like you're new, my dear friends, take your courage in your hand and raise your hand as I raise my hand. Courage out here. Courage, courage, courage. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up, please. Keep your hands up, please, as our ushers get to you. That packet of information tells you a lot about Unity Minneapolis. In that packet, there's a card. If you choose to fill out any part of that card and turn that into our book desk, we have a gift for you. The Rhodes is a gift from our congregation so that we can easily recognize you, easily recognize you, and give you that personal one-on-one -on -one welcome. We also welcome those that are live streaming with us today, wherever you are in the world. We welcome you. You are part of our community as well. There's instructions on the screen how to fill out a digital contact card. If you fill that out, someone from our community will reach out and give you that personal welcome. All of that's important, and yet one of the most important things that I say on this platform each and every Sunday morning is this. That is, my dear friends, wherever you are on your spiritual journey, wherever that may be, you are welcome here. We welcome you, we bless you, we behold the living presence of the divine within you. Let's appreciate these marvelous guests, okay? Let's affirm our core values together today. Together, we are loving, transforming, welcoming, spirit-filled, prosperous, and joyful. And now the reading of our daily word. Good morning. We now move deeper into spirit with the reading of the daily word. You are invited to mentally add your prayers to our prayer box. After the service, the prayer box is located in the garden court where you may add your written requests. You may also submit an online prayer request via our website. Your prayers are prayed with by our prayer ministry for seven days, and then they are forwarded to Silent Unity, where they are prayed with for an additional 30 days. Our word for today is protection. As I practice the presence of God, I feel secure. There is only one power and one presence in the universe and in my life, God, omnipotence, omniscience, and omnipresence. And it's not only around me, God is within me as me. As I take this truth into my heart, I feel calm and secure. The circumstances of the world have no lasting power over me. God is greater and more enduring than anything I may called to face, anything. I have within me the power to feel God's protecting presence at any time. As I pray, I affirm the strength and power of God are mine to call upon. And I can use these divine powers to move beyond that which may scare or intimidate me. In renewed faith and deep security, I move forward bravely. 
from Scripture, John chapter 4, verse 4. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Our word for today is protection. The God in me beholds the God in you. Namaste. The God in me beholds the God in you. Namaste. Join me now as we take this time to move into a, a space of silence, centering, a sense of peace, a sense of joy. Take a deep breath with me. And when you let it go, let it go. Let your body relax. Let my shoulders drop down from my ears. Find that center space. And feel the flow that is the divine within you, around you, and connecting us all in that oneness, the power and 
presence that we call God. And in that connection, there is an inner peace, a sense of abundance, Another deep breath. Consciously know, heart to heart, spirit enfolding and surrounding and lifting us up. And as we come to that place of centeredness, I ask you to hear these words. Take them then into the silence. Let us be present, each from our own culture, each from our own experiences, and assume responsibility for all life. Let us come together in witness of differences and embrace one another. Let us see the child whose parents cannot be there and put our arms around that child. Let us stand beside the person abused by power and recognize that all abuse of power de diminishes our own humanity. Let us call upon individuals who will believe that they have a right to violate the lives of others and let them know that we will no longer tolerate that cowardice. Let us join the growing chorus of those who will no longer be governed by those who cannot govern their own lives. Let us sound a mighty no echoing from mountaintops and ocean floors, through canyons and across deserts, jungles, forests, and farmlands, until that no can become a powerful yes. Let us hold life from legions of humans to the tiniest flowers. Let us hold them and recommit ourselves to nurturing its presence in all our lives. Let us turn our back on prejudice and greed and quietly, passionately assume the only stance that offers hope to our great-great-grandchildren. Life and peace with justice for all humankind. Let us take that into the silence.
and in this time. Our deepest hope, our most tender prayer, is that we learn to listen. May we listen to one another in openness and mercy. May we listen to plants and animals in wonder and respect. May we listen to our own hearts in love and forgiveness. May we listen to God in quietness and awe. And in this listening, which is boundless in its beauty, may we find the wisdom to cooperate with a healing spirit, a divine spirit, a spirit that beckons us into peace and community and creativity. We do not ask for a perfect world. We do ask for a better world. We ask for deep listening. And so as we come back into this space, this time, let us keep our hearts and our minds open to that deep listening.
It's always great to have Judy Venar here. And yes, Judy. And of course, Jordan Headland, welcome to the A-Team this morning. Thank okay, you. we're glad to have you here. We're glad to have you here. Yeah, of course, Pete and Dave, oh my goodness, how long have you been with us? A long time. I know. But we're not going to compare ages this morning. Wow, it's so good to be with you. I was sitting here and I was thinking as I was uh, getting ready to get up with your beautiful validation and your affirmation. Um, my spouse and I went to a wedding yesterday and it was a beautiful outdoor event, perfect day for a wedding. Uh, I'm totally responsible for that. And so, um, <laughs> totally responsible for that. And so as we sat there, this couple had commissioned a song and the song was called you are the one. And what a beautiful love song for a wedding. And as I was sitting here thinking, you know, this congregation, we believe in oneness, do we not? Yes, thank you, God. Thank you, Beth. A special applaud for that. You believe in oneness. But, you know, we are one. We are one. And what I loved about it, about this congregation for me, is you are the one. You are the one for me. And obviously, I've been the one for you. You know, so I just give thanks for that. I give thanks for you. You are the one. You are the one. So I, um, I like to start things um, off with a little lightness and levity. And this is a, a joke from the jokes your minister can tell. And so this is about faith. Faith. A man named Jack was walking along a steep cliff one day when he accidentally got too close to the edge and fell. And on the way down, he grabbed a branch which temporarily stopped his fall. He looked down into his horror, saw that the canyon fell straight down for more than a thousand feet. He couldn't hang onto the branch forever, and there was no way for him to climb up the steep wall of the cliff. So Jack began yelling for help, hoping that someone passing by would hear him and uh, lower a rope or, or something. Help, help. Is anyone up there? Help, help. He yelled for a long time, but no one heard him. And he was about to give up when he heard a voice. Jack? Jack? Can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can hear you. I'm down here. I can see you, Jack. Are you all right? Yes, but who are you and where are you? I am the Lord, Jack, and I'm everywhere. The Lord? You mean God? That's me. God, 
please help me. I promise if you'll get me down from here, I'll stop sinning. I'll be a really good person. I'll serve you for the rest of my life. Easy on the promises, Jack. Let's get you off from here. Then we can talk. Now, here's what I want you to do. Listen carefully. I'll do anything, Lord. Just tell me what you want me to do. Okay. Okay. Let go of the branch. <laughs> what? I said. Let go of the branch. Just trust me. Let go. There was a long silence. And finally, Jack yelled, Help, help, is anyone else up there? <laughs> I thought it was perfect for a sermon about faith. <laughs> Anyway, so, um, you know, the beginning of the month, we, we're, this year we're talking about dreams, really committing and manifesting our dreams. And this, this month, we are actually talking about tending to our dreams. You know, we have a dream and we, we forget sometimes that we need to tend to this dream lovingly. And so that first Sunday, we, talk, we talked about easy does it, but do it. You know, easy does it, gently loving, move in the direction of your dream. Easy, but do it. And then last week, we took a marvelous break from that. And, we, and Tori and Reverend Tony, they talked about Mother's Day and what an outstanding service it was. Those of you that were here last week, it was just wonderful. And this, year, this day, we're going to step back on track and about tending to our dreams. And one of those things about tending to our dreams, I believe, is about practicing faith and optimism. You know, I limit, I limit my news intake but that does not mean I do not do news intake. I believe I follow Jesus' teachings that we are to be in the world and not of the world. So it's important, I think, for us to know somewhat what's going on in the world. And even though sometimes when we try to limit that news intake, it seems to be everywhere. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? So this week, I just kind of kept a mental thing going about some of the things I heard on the news. Russia and Ukraine... The war continues on. Debt talks, the debt ceilings in the United States, classroom education, the survival of Mickey Mouse in the state of Florida, <laughs> the divisiveness of the United States when it comes to values and political issues, the right of women to choose when it comes to health concerns and their bodies, of course, racial injustice constantly showing up. Gun laws and gun responsibilities. Conflict between the police and the communities and in how they are in need of reforming. And what is happening with this lack of diversity and inclusion and equity within our communities? The presidential election runoff in Turkey. My spouse kept me really up to date on that and I appreciate that. The forest fires in Canada and other parts of the world. That's a lot to hear, is it not? That's a lot to take in. And as I take this in, I ask myself sometimes, how do I continue practicing these principles, hearing this news, these facts, 
these facts. And then I hear things from people such as personal things. I lost my job. Or I can't find a job. Or things like a health diagnosis that scares the living hell, heck out of you. Well, I've been there and done it. Have you? Yeah. I'm sure immediately you get on your hands and knees and thank God for this health diagnosis, right? I don't think so. You get there eventually, perhaps, but you don't start there. Or the death of a loved one, grieving, a divorce, a job layoff. And we seem to be making plan and plans in our life, and we seem to be tending to our dreams and then all of a sudden, all this comes up. And it seems like we need to take a different direction in our life. When unexpected things happen in our life, it's an opportunity to grow through these experiences. Not just go through them, but to grow through them. We don't always get there immediately. But I think that it's, it's important for us to remember that it is in times like this then we absolutely need to practice our faith. Now, I didn't say, <laughs> go get more faith, did I? No. It's not like I need to go find it, because we know that faith is within. We all have this faith. And as my, one of my teachers would say, and you've heard me say it on this platform many times, we are always faithing. You know, just as last, last week we talked about mother being a noun and a verb, faith is a noun, and a, ver a noun and a verb. But we are always faithing depending on where we are putting our attention and placing our beliefs. And yet I believe that faith has gotten to a place where we kind of throw it around. Have you noticed that? I'm a person of faith. Well, good for you. What does that mean to you? <laughs> and I mean that with all sincerity. You know, it's like almost like some people use that I'm a person of faith as a badge. And sometimes when that person of faith comes up, it's like, <clears throat> and you better believe that you're a person of faith just like me. And it gets thrown around. And sometimes it, the word God gets thrown around. Have you noticed that? I believe in God. Well, good for you. Good for you. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? If you do nothing else in your life, come to that point where you feel and what it means to believe in God. Ah, you know what? Someone said, ah, oh, I don't believe in, in God. I said, great, God still believes in you. God still believes in you. You know, there's a hundred definitions for faith. Many of them you've heard from this platform. Many of them you've heard from other places you've read faith. Well, as I said, faith is a noun and a verb, and we are always faithing. Our scriptures in the Bible says that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. 
Charles Fillmore, co-founder of our Unity Movement, says that faith is the perceiving power of mind linked with the power to shape substance. I threw that out in the ministerial class just recently, and someone says, would you go, would you unpack that a little bit, Reverend Pat? I thought, oh my goodness, unpack is pretty unpacked. But the point is this, you know, it is that perceiving power of mind linked with the power to shape substance. That perceiving power of mind is what we can see in our hearts, see not only with our physical eyes, but we see with our hearts as well. And we link that with that power within, that God presence known by many names, and these two things together have the ability to shape this invisible substance that is here and to bring that into manifestation. So that is Charles Fillmore's definition of faith. And I loved Myrtle Fillmore. I always have said Myrtle was the founder and Charles just followed. But Myrtle Fillmore, is, she basically says how she practiced faith. She practiced faith through prayer. And she used a prayer by Maura Hannes, and this is it. God is my help in every need. God does my every hunger feed. God walks beside me, guides my way through every moment of this day. I am wise, I am true, patient and kind and loving too. All things I am can do and be through Christ the truth that is in me. God is my health, I can't be sick. God is my strength, unfailing quick. God is my all, I know no fear, since God and love and truth are here. That was often taught in Unity Sunday School classes. And uh, it was not taught to me because... I didn't go to a Unity Sunday School class, but uh, there were some other prayers that were taught to me, but I don't think I will share those with you this morning, okay? But prayer, you notice in that last line of those prayers, talked about love. And in our ministerial book group, a little book that we are using, it is called Imperfect Spirituality. Of course, when I saw that title, I knew this book was for me. Because imperfect spirituality is exactly what your minister practices. I don't do it perfectly at all. But she talks about, she talks about faith in one of her chapters. And she says, and I love this definition of faith. I may use it forever, claim it as my own. Faith is falling in love. Faith is raising a child. It's trying again to run the race, get the job, make the marriage work, or learn the language when you fail the first time, the third time, and the sixth time. It's understanding that all this pain and crap and mess is not without meaning. It's believing that things will be okay when nothing feels okay. It's about being awed at the sunset. I would say sunrise, but at the sunset, though you've seen it a hundred times before and hope to see it a hundred times more. It's knowing that there's something bigger than what you can see and feel and touch. It's behaving better because of all that. Faith is a custom made for human beings, or at least those of us who subscribe to this practice of imperfection, because it allows for do-overs. And I love that. The fact that it didn't work out, I have the opportunity to do it again. You know, and when I don't get it right the first time, God is so good that it comes full circle one more time for me to do that practice.
You know, so it's important for me to know that faith is love. And if I am going to practice this faith, for me, one of the first things to do in my life when I look at circumstances outside of me, these circumstances outside of me, is to allow that my life, my who and what I am within, is not dependent on circumstances out there. Praise God, right? Three of you agree. Praise God, right? Right. Oh, my gosh. It does not depend on circumstances out there. We think it does sometimes. And so the other thing I need to practice is to realize when I see something that shows up in my life that's not working the way I want it to work is that what I need to do is I need to see it rightly. And one of the first things we as human beings, human doers do sometimes, especially if you're a doer, I know the doers out there, especially if you're a doer, one of the first things we want to do is we want to go set it right. We want to go make it right. I'm not saying that that's a bad thing to do. It's a good thing to do. But I think one of the first things that I need to train myself to do is to see it rightly, to see it rightly, and to see it in a different way. I had a perfect example this morning. This morning prior to the service, I was in my office fairly early, and uh, as I passed by, we were doing this no-mode lawn thing. Do you know what I'm talking about? (laughs) This is the first year we're doing the no-mode lawn thing. And what I'm learning in my studies is optimism is about willing to change goals, willing to take different directions, willing to see it differently. And I said to Nancy, our executive director, who's wonderful, I said to Nancy, you know this no-mode thing? It's really bothering me. I like a pristine, pristine lawn. You know, that's the way it should be, you know. And she reminded me, you know, that optimism was about seeing it differently, seeing it differently. (laughs) And so I am so grateful for our staff that reminds each other about seeing it differently. Exactly what I was going to teach about this morning. You know, that is good for the bees and the birds and all those other wonderful things. And it's good for our earth care ministry. So, yeah, that was great. That was great. Yeah. <laughs> so, I wanted to see it differently rather than set it right. The second thing I need to remember in faith is the how sometimes is none of my business. Have you noticed that? We can hold that vision. That's my responsibility, is holding that vision and seeing it right and moving the footsteps as God directs. But how it happens is none of my business. It shows up totally in different ways than I could even imagine. You know that old term, we plan and God laughs. But the bottom line is we still plan. Thank you, God. But this week in my, one of my readings in the mornings, which I do, another wonderful reading from the Science of Mind magazine, a reading written by Reverend Joanna McFadden. She says, our job is to accept whatever we desire, whatever dream, whatever dream we desire, intending to our dreams. Our job is to accept whatever we desire as a done deal in the mind of God. 
That's it. Except it is already done. We don't have to then go searching for exactly how the experience is going to manifest in our lives. In fact, when we do that, we limit ourselves. And once we speak our word with conviction, the law of mind, that is, God acting as the creative medium, chooses from the field of infinite possibilities to transform our thought into form. That is the way the divine creative process works. In affirmative prayer, we speak our word, backed by belief and fueled by feeling. And the law of mind makes it so. And it has infinite, wonderful, and creative ways to do that. Do what is yours to do and leave the how to the law of mind. I leave the how to God. This is a wonderful, another great example. I could give you example after example. But one another great example is, you know, we're going down this remodeling process so that we have a fully 100% accessible building. Is that not fabulous? And at the same time, you know, you think you got everything planned. Check it off. Those of us that love to check things off, check it off, check it off, check it off. Well, with a 16% construction inflation cost, we had to look at that as well. So sometimes our dreams have to be looked at. Sometimes we have to practice optimism, optimism, and still live in this factual world. And that optimism, again, is to keep that open mind and to be flexible on what happened in our life. I've got to touch quickly. One of the ways that I practice my faith as well is through affirmations. We, that is one of the strongest things that I believe that we teach in unity, is certainly not something that has been, it's certainly something that just didn't start yesterday. But Charles and, Phil, Charles and Myrtle Fillmore, co-founder of our movement, really stressed the importance of affirmations. I want to share a couple with you this morning. For health. Grab on to something. One of my teachers in New Orleans, when I first stepped in truth, I was having a challenge, and she says, you grab on to the highest truth you know. And I had been attending unity just for a short time, and the highest truth I knew in my heart was that God and I are one, one presence and one power, and I grabbed on to it. In health issues, I am whole with the wholeness of spirit. In guidance, I am divinely guided and directed to do what is mine to do. I know what to do, and I do it. Let's affirm that together. I know what to do, and I do it. In relationships, my, relations are, my, my relationships are centered in God and are peaceful and harmonious. In prosperity, I know God is a prospering presence, and I am filled with divine prospering ideas. In employment, I draw to me the right and perfect job, a job where I am blessed and a job where I am a blessing. And then, of course, one of my favorite. It's really written by Emma Curtis Hopkins. It was taught in Keys to the Kingdom. And David Owen Ritz referred to this. When something shows up in our life, and it will, that we're not quite wanting in our life, and it will, he says, use this one. This, too, is good. This too is God. 
This too is for me, and I demand to see the blessing in it for me. And of course, I love his demonstration when he says, and when you say, I demand, please stand up and put your hand on your hip and go, I demand to see the blessing in it for me. Oh, my goodness. Optimism is that uh, confidence about the future and a successful outcome. And I believe that when we put optimism and faith together, it is one of the strongest things that we can do. And one of the things that I believe is that optimism is not necessarily always being upbeat. And we think of that sometimes. i got to be positive. i got to be upbeat. No. Optimism is not always about the rah-rah to be optimistic. Optimism is recognizing the difficulties, believing that things can get better, and making them so. So if we want to tend to our dreams, my dear friends, not only do we have to easy does it, but I believe more than ever we have to practice that faith. All of that faith that is within us. And also we have to grab on to what optimism we have. Your assignment this week, if you choose to accept it, and in the intro video today, I said I hope you walk out of here each and every Sunday with something that you can immediately put into action. And this is what I'm going to challenge you with this week, whenever you put it into action. And I'm challenging myself. We're on this journey together, right? Right? So, whenever you see something that you don't necessarily like in your life, that God has put in front of you, you're not sure why, but it's there. When you see it, I want you to look at it, and I want you not only to see it, before see it rightly. And what does that mean, see it rightly for me? Seeing it rightly for me is looking at all the different angles that the possibilities are there. That person that's not showing up, that person might have had a rough time to get that morning, to get his kids off to school. Or that person at the coffee butt counter that's rude, that's rude, could have had a rough morning as well. Tip them anyway. Tip them double, okay? That's our teaching. Can you look beyond appearances this week and look for the good? And before you rush out there to set it right, see it rightly. I love you. I bless you. It's a joy to be here. 17 years. It's a joy to be here. And so it is. Amen. Lori picked this beautiful song that we're going to do for you. I normally sing it in Portuguese, but you might want to know what it's about. And so I bet a lot of you don't speak Portuguese. I'm going to do it in English once, but when I come back, I'm going to do it in Portuguese because it's really pretty. No more blues, I'm going 
there's no more to roam home is where the heart is the funny part is my heart's been right there all along no more tears and no more sighs yeah no more fears i'll say no more goodbyes if travel beckons me i'll swear i'm gonna refuse i'm going to settle down and there'll be no more blues every day while i am far away my thoughts turn homeward forever homeward i've traveled around the world in search of happiness but all the happiness i found was in my own hometown no more blues Makes me wish I understood Portuguese. Mm, nice, nice. You guys are awesome. Yes, you are. Jordan, it's good to have you back. I'm going to, I know we're over. I, I get that. But I'm going to preempt for just a minute to say that the last three years have been an amazing time for me to learn from this band. I've already got 19 years in this business, and in the last three years, I've learned more than I probably learned in the first 16. So, it's been amazing, and you all are also amazing. So, thank you. And 
Now it's time for us to, to say thank you. It's time for us all to say thank you. In, that, in, the way, in the way that we do that through our presence here, through the volunteering that we do, and through the gifts that we give, the donations that we make to keep this place alive, prosperous, and a safe space for us to all come. There are more ways that you can give to Unity Minneapolis. You know that they are. Those of you coming in on live stream, we're so glad you're with us. Um, there's a donation online to our website. Here, there's a QR code and a little piece of paper uh, in the pew. There are envelopes. There's consistent giving, which is the, the way I choose to do it. And I loved the way uh, Dr. Rita said, you know, it's sort of like you can pay your bills that way. But this is such a joyful bill to pay because it's not a bill, it's a gift. So I'm going to ask our ushers to come down as we prepare to give of our treasure uh, to Unity Minneapolis. You can always write a check and put it in the mail. Um, and I hope you will do that consistently. So let us now say together our offertory blessing. And then you can say it again silently. Divine love flowing through me blesses and multiplies all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am. And so it is. our ushers come forth, let's bless these gifts. We bless all of the gifts today. We bless the gifts that's been received in the mail this week. We bless all of those participating in our consistent giving program, our unexpected income program. 
And we give thanks for these gifts, acknowledging their one presence and one power, God, as the source of all good in our life. And we send these gifts forth to fulfill the vision and mission of Unity Minneapolis. And we say thank you. Thank you, God. Amen. Last year, we received an unusual thank you card. Dear friends at Unity from Noble School, we love our books. It's so cool. <laughs> I heard you, well, this will be out in the lobby. You can look at this. You buy us books so we can read at home and at school so we'll succeed. With all our hearts, love, we appreciate you. And don't forget teachers... Thank you, too. So this is from Noble Elementary School. And each and every May, what we do, some of you know this, each and every May we provide a new book for every child at Noble Elementary School. And some of these children, this is the first book that they've ever received that is a new book. And then we present these books to them at their closing picnic. And John Southam, my beloved John, is usually there doing that, and I'm usually there with him. And it is so much fun to see these kids pick out the book that they want. So David Reed is an employee of Noble. David, would you come up, please? David's a member of our church and is also there. And I think he's done everything, every job description in the <laughs> church, David. And he's here to talk about that just for a moment, okay? Thank you, Reverend Pat. Good morning. Yeah, Noble's a, a great little community. It's about a mile from here, small school, about 375 pre-K through fifth grade students. Uh, they come from a variety of backgrounds. About 75% of the kids come from are, are students of colors, color, and um, about 70% of their families um, qualify for free and reduced lunch. Um, there are about three weeks left in the school year. And when I was a kid, I couldn't wait to get finished with school and to, to start with summer activities and fun. For a lot of the kids at school at, at Noble, though, this is a time of a lot of anxiety. Um, a lot of them are nervous and scared about having that time away from their friends, time away from staff and teachers who love and support them every day. And um, many of them are going into situations with families that are really struggling to get through uh, day by day. So we try to find as many ways, as many resources to support them during the summer. And, and one of those ways is to put a book in their hands to remind them of the importance and the joy of reading and to give a little momentum of, of noble to remind them what they've got to, to come back. So if um, we've got our noble uh, book drive going on right now, if you are able and willing to, we, we invite you to contribute to the book drive. You can, as Nancy mentioned, there are book lists, suggested book lists out front in the garden court by the cute teddy bear out there, the huge teddy bear. You can also, there's also a book drive fund selection when you click on the donate button or you can, or if you use the QR code. Unity has provided support for Noble Elementary. I've been there for 11 years, and in that time, 
Unity has uh, supported them in a number of ways. Well, thank you for that. And again, we invite you to contribute a book for our noble kids. Thank you. Thank you. David Reed, we love you. I'm going to thank you, David. He has the voice of an angel as well. I'm going to invite our Unduty Unity Prayer Chaplains to please stand. These individuals arrived early. They held sacred space in the sanctuary. They're here to hold that sacred space with you, to listen with the ears of their heart, to pray aloud with you, and then to hold what they have heard in very confidential manner. So by all means, if you have a prayer request, by all means, seek out a Unity Prayer Chaplain. Let's appreciate our chaplains. Thank you. Wow. Also, don't forget, after the service, there's a labyrinth upstairs. There's hospitality in the, in the Friendship Hall, labyrinth that you could walk as well that has just been recently created. It's, and it's beautiful. And yes, it'll, several people did that. So thank you so much for that. Um, and also, don't forget to speak to our guest. We really appreciate you being here. Our prayer is that you're leaving here with something to use and that you have felt extremely welcomed here today. So let's bring our youth in. We invite you, if you would, to stand as we appreciate our youth. everybody. Today we talked about gratitude and identity, so make sure to ask your kids about what they did today. Also, we have drumming. It's going to happen right here in the sanctuary. So many choices today after service, but we hope you'll come stick around here and do some drumming with us. David Lind is here for that. Also, bridging. So bridging Sunday is a special Sunday. It happens June 4th, the first Sunday in June, and it's when we really honor all of our kids as they move up a grade. So we've got some new Uniteens coming in, some Uniteens moving to YOU and graduating YOU. And of course, during service, we will honor each and every child as they move up a grade for our summer program. So we hope that you'll come and join us. We'll have cake afterwards, and then families are invited to stick around for a potluck. That's what I've got. Let's appreciate our volunteers, okay? Mm. So how you doing? Oh, yes, I am too. So let us know together our prayer for protection and our peace song. Together we know that the light of God surrounds us. I am light. The love of God enfolds us. I am love. The power of God protects us. I am power. The presence of God watches over us. I am presence. Wherever we are, God is. I am divine and all is well. And our peace song. Speak to three people you don't know.
Follow the sun. <laughs> 